This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 2nd of March. In your Squiz today, a high-profile extradition, economic growth slows, trotting for 10 and keeping track of time. This is your Squiz today. It was in October 2018 when young Queenslander Toya Cordingley was found dead in the sand dunes on Wongetti Beach, which is between Cairns and Port Douglas. And after a four-year manhunt and lengthy extradition proceedings, Rajwinder Singh landed in Melbourne on a flight from Delhi, escorted by officers from Queensland Police. Claire, just take us back a bit to explain how we got here. So Cordingly was 24. Her father found her after she didn't return from walking her dog the day before. Uh, Singh is an Australian citizen who had been living in the town of Innisfail. Uh, He was working as a nurse and police alleged that he left Australia the day after Cordingly's body was discovered and that he had been in hiding for four years in India. Uh, They say that they have DNA evidence that points to him as the alleged killer. He was arrested last November after Indian police received a tip uh, that he'd travelled to Delhi for a medical appointment. And he's been in custody ever since. Singh told an extradition hearing in Delhi that he did not kill the woman and would reveal all the details to a court in Australia. Authorities, though, have worked really hard to get him back to Australia to face the music, Claire. Yeah, they sure have. Queensland Police Commissioner Katarina Carroll last week praised Indian and Australian authorities for working together on what she said was one of the most intense investigations in recent years. Singh's yet to be charged. What's happening is that there'll be an extradition hearing in Melbourne. Uh, That's where he is at the moment for him to be sent to Queensland. Um, There he'll be charged with Cordingley's murder uh, and the legal process will start to take its course. Yeah, it's been a gruelling process for Courtney Lee's family. Yesterday, her father Troy said, there's still a long way to go, but we are moving in the right direction. He says they won't stop until they reach some sort of justice for their beautiful girl. High inflation is the economic issue of our time, Claire, but Treasurer Jim Chalmers shared a tiny bit of hope yesterday. He said he's confident the worst of inflation is behind us. And he made that comment after new data was released that showed the annual rate of inflation was 7.4% in January. And although that's still high, it was down from 8.4% in December. Yeah, and it's better than what analysts have predicted. Uh, keep in mind that the official target rate for inflation is 2 to 3%. So there's still some way for it to come down. Um, Chalmers, though, wasn't 
all, Mr Chipper yesterday, uh, he said that we're still facing substantial challenges and one big one is that Australia's economic growth isn't meeting expectations. Uh, Australia's national accounts were out yesterday. Uh, It's the quarterly report card on how our economy is tracking and what we learned is that from October to December last year, the economy grew by 0.5% and over the year it means that Australia's economy grew by 2.7% and that's below the government's forecast of 3%. At a top level, economists say that result was driven by Aussies tightening their belts as we dip into our savings. Rising interest rates has a lot to do with that and we'll hear a bit more about it next week when the Reserve Bank Board gets together to consider another hike. Africa's most populous nation, Nigeria, has named its new president, Claire. Ruling party candidate Bola Tinubu was named yesterday as the new leader after polling closed on Sunday, but it hasn't been a smooth ride for him. It's been a really heavily disputed election. Yeah, and lots of eyes on Nigeria because it is a powerhouse in Africa and it's important that it gets it right. Mm. Um, 70-year-old Tinubu is considered a bit of a godfather of democracy in Nigeria. Uh, That all happened in 1999 and he was formerly the governor of one of the big states. Uh, He received in this election 36% of the vote, uh, according to the official count. Uh, There were, though, key rivals, Adaku Ububakar. He claimed 29% of the vote. um, And a newcomer, Peter Obi, who got 25%. Uh, Both of their parties have dismissed the result. Um, They say that Tanubu doesn't deserve to be the president because there's all sorts of clouds uh, over the process of the vote. Tanubu, though, is on track to replace the incumbent president. Uh, He's stepping down after two terms of economic stagnation and security problems in Nigeria. Yeah, they include an Islamist insurgency and a spike in kidnappings. The result's shaken up Nigeria's two-party system, and it's also exposed the divide between northern Muslim and southern Christian groups. Tanubu is set to be inaugurated in May. I'm not much of a runner, but I do love a good walk, Claire, (laughs) which is convenient because researchers from Cambridge University reckon a brisk walk, which sounds very British to me, for 11 minutes every day could prevent one in 10 early deaths. Yeah, it does sound very British, doesn't it? I can just imagine putting a warm coat and getting into the cold air for a brisk walk. Um, And look, this study doesn't come from a small one. Uh, There were 196 studies that Cambridge University looked across and it involves more than 30 million people. So the advice is certainly worth listening to. Uh, Researchers say that that walk for 10 or 11 minutes each day is actually a good whack of the recommended moderate intensity activity that you should get every week. It's about half of it or so. Uh, And if you're exercise allergic, uh, it's the sort of shuffle that you can take uh, where you get your heart rate up, makes you breathe a bit faster, but it's not so fast that you can't speak. So a good one for your buddies. Yeah. And good news for me, like I said. (laughs) And Dr. Leandro Garcia from Queen's University Belfast says, doing activities that you enjoy and that are easy to include in your weekly routine is an excellent excellent way to become more active. And Claire, obviously, bonus points go out to any squizzers who are walking as they listen to this now. (laughs) Absolutely. Go, guys. (laughs) 
We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. If you've never dedicated much brain space to thinking about what time it is on the moon, us neither. But Claire, we are thankfully not the ones who are responsible for coordinating lunar missions across (laughs) international space agencies and private players. So there's a reason it hasn't come up. (laughs) I've got enough on my plate to be coordinating moon (laughs) missions, I reckon. So it's probably a task best left to the professionals. Uh, So the discussion on establishing a common time on the moon is something that the experts say could really make it easier for those who are teeing up these moon missions. Uh, Currently what happens each mission uses the time zone of the nation that it's launched from uh, and that can get a little bit confusing when you've got multiple countries that are in the space of trying to get to the moon Uh, they're certainly looking at it in the future as more countries trying to do that so they're trying to work out a way just to make it easier where there's a coordinated time zone and that would be pinned to the time on the moon. Yeah, the European Space Agency reckons that establishing a time zone for the moon would help space travellers to communicate and navigate. But whatever time it's set up to be, my money is on it being really inconvenient for Aussies who are hoping to tune in to any of the moon's big live broadcast events. Claire, we never get a good time down here. No, we always get the rough end of the stick on that one. That's us done for today. Just a reminder that Squeeze Shortcuts is out and Claire, I guest star this week for a good rundown on recycling. Yeah, it was great to have you on Squish Shortcuts. And look, we're not finger wagging on this rundown on recycling. There's a lot of confusion about recycling. And earlier this week, we talked about the Red Cycle program, for example, going into administration. Uh, It took your soft plastics that were dropped off at the supermarket. So it's a really good one to get through because lots of confusion out there. Yeah, and it's a barbecue stopper of a topic if ever there was one. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at squizkids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.